Trip to Siberia, Bible translation to the Hanty language, Christian radio revealed word. I have brother Stanislav with me. He's the brother from the local church in Ruskinsky village. So we will spend some time together. We will talk about Bible translation project to the Hanty language. So he's the assistant to the local pastor, but in the same time, he works with the Bible translation. So he is a translator. Stanislav, welcome. Good evening. Thank you so much for taking some time to spend this time with us. Could you share, at least shortly, what, you are, what are you involved in terms of your professional activities? We know that your ministry is the assistant to pastor, but what's your professional or vocational engagement? How do you find time to do Bible translation? Do you give lots of time to Bible translation? Just share shortly, please. Well, mostly, of course, the majority of our time is spent at the herder camps because we have reindeer we keep and we have more than a hundred of reindeer hats. So it's me and my wife, we keep them take care of those reindeer. So this is the ancestral site number 32 where we have our herder camp. So it's to the north, starting from the village. It's about 100 kilometers to travel from the village. So that's where we have our camp. So that's the traditional lifestyle and that's our permanent residence site. We mostly live at the herder camp. And then sometimes we travel to the village as visitors, as guests. So. The most is about 10 days. That's how much we spend, not more, in the village. Mostly, we do the mission work. We travel, we visit different herder camps, and we preach the gospel. That's what we do. We travel to the neighboring towns, villages, and settlements, of course, if there are access roads available. So, when we come to the village, then... What we do, we attend different groups uh, and people have a very traditional lifestyle. We have a center for national culture. We provide some support when they have some uh, trips and they need more helpers. Then we invite church people to join and to help. So I, being the representative of the non-governmental organization, I have this uh, mandate. I'm authorized to invite people to have those meetings and to assist. So we also spend our time uh, in providing some support to organize for competitions. Uh, in Hantemansisk city, we have uh, every two years the conferences on craftsmanship. So I'm a wood carver. My wife, she's skilled uh, to work with the fur. So we take part in competitions and different organized events. So we uh, prize winners at the provincial level. For instance, we won the um, competition that was held there. So, also, the next level is a national level to be uh, prized as winners at the whole Russia level. So, to get that diploma or certificate to be recognized officially as the professionals at the national level, then we can teach and give uh, uh, some uh, skill sharing. Yeah, to give master to give master classes. Well, how about Bible translation? How did it happen? Well, what happened then? 
When I've learned about God and I gave him my heart, I started to be a missionary, to visit different harder camps. So I was a guide for our group of missionaries, but I also was a translator. So from Russian to Hanty language, I started then, and then I grew in my competences. So I was developing this gift. So translating from Russian to Hanty language, I grew in that fluency. Uh, to help the people who couldn't speak Russian language. And even for those that were fluent in Russian, I still did the translation into Hanta language so they can hear the word of God in their mother language, in their mother tongue. So uh, for one year, I was traveling around with the brother Nikolai. He is with Jesus now, but then he was planting lots of seeds in our lives. The seeds grew, and then we started to take those trips to preach and I didn't have to translate I was able to preach in my native tongue I was reading the Bible and I was translating into Hanta language for myself uh, and for the people so those who were not understanding Russian listening to the word of God in their mother tongue they could open their hearts much wider Russian language they could relate to that but some words were not clear to them in terms of the meaning but of course the mother tongue when you bring the word of God for them it's a revelation like they have never heard of such things before never in their lives so for them they feel like the fish in their uh, water they feel good and they're so open so we travel from camp to camp because we know the culture of our people we know how to approach them for instance even approaching a reindeer you should know what's the right approach should you approach the reindeer from the side from the back from the front the same you should think about an approach when you approach a people you should know the culture of every people every people group you want to uh, work with how to start a conversation what's the culture appropriate uh, way to handle this we the hunting people of course we are also uh, unique in terms of that people live outdoors and that's the nature they relate to and you have to know there are sites you shouldn't go to some places you shouldn't sit at or lay down at where women shouldn't go so we come to the herd camps we keep to the traditional ways of the people there are some sacred sites some sacred traditions we don't touch so when they stand up we are standing up together with them so we pray together we are very sensitive in terms of the sacred things they keep and observe and respect and then as time passes they have a deeper understanding they ask questions and then situation changes so when I was just a new believer I prayed but not that often but then I started to read my Bible after a year since then I came to my pastor and I asked him pastor I have my idols what do I do with them so my pastor asked me, what does the Bible tell you about that? When, when the people of Israel was uh, idol worshippers, they uh, had to burn and break and destroy the idols. So if God is commanding that, do that. So he never told me directly about my gods to 
do something initially. But then I was growing up and God has given me the revelation. He opened up my eyes that idols, you don't need them anymore. So I did myself according to what the Bible was telling me. So when our people heard of that, they were so scared. They were terrified. So what they thought, they thought that I would die. And they were waiting for me to die because I burned my idols, my gods, and they believed that this would happen. But then after a while, nothing bad happened and they had to relax. I didn't die. So I became a Christian. And then uh, first three or four years, no one was uh, spending time or talking to me out of my own people, only the other Christians, because they thought I was a heretic. They thought that we are the Christians that sacrifice people to their gods. So they were really scared to fellowship with me. So Later, I understood that it was the devil that, prior to me giving my heart to Jesus, he wanted to stop me in any possible way. I was addicted to alcohol, and it was going deeper and deeper. We, people of the North, we are not protected against alcohol because in our bodies we don't have the enzymes to break down the alcohol. We can't digest the alcohol. So if I started to drink, immediately I became addicted to that. That's the weak spot of the people of the North. They become addicted fast to alcohol and then they die. So I was looking for the way out of my pitiful condition. I was thinking, is there any spot, any miraculous chair I could just sit in and be healed and delivered? I heard of some uh, medicinal practices like encoding against the addiction, but then people, they come into worse condition after a while, after a slight relief. So it didn't give me any hope. So I was thinking this encoding method the doctors use, it's not helpful. Then I thought maybe shamanism is the answer. So I came to shaman to ask for help. So he was telling me, if, when you are drunk, when you do bad things, well, God wants you to take your tambourine and play it as shamans do. So I tried, I took a tambourine to play it, I tried to enter the trance, it didn't work. Well, praise God, it didn't work. Then shaman, the witch doctor told me, well, uh, our older people, their grandfathers, they could use the axes and tambourines to enter into the trance. There are different ways and methods the shamanism uses to enter the spiritual reality. So I was a little bit successful in that. I could calm down the newborn baby, like to devote that baby to a god and then the baby stopped crying but actually I myself didn't believe it because I felt so empty on the inside of me so I knew I was lying lying to the people and I wasn't sincere so I stopped believing that I stopped attending those sacred gatherings after a while I was more and more addicted to the alcohol I was drinking more and more so it was just taking its toll on me when I was drunk I tried to hang myself to commit a suicide but by a miracle I was alive even after people rescued me so once when I was drunk I used a gun of the 12 caliber and I harmed myself when I was drunk I almost killed myself but then God really was helping me and I got recovered. I healed after that. So I pressed the trigger when they tried to take away the gun from me and then I shot myself 
my hip was fractured, my intestines, they fell out. It was terrible. So from 9 p.m. till the 11 a.m. next morning, I was just laying there, injured, shot myself through, but I didn't die. The Lord gave me the second chance. I stayed alive and I recovered. So my feeling was there must be a God somewhere, living God. So it wasn't sacred gatherings or the worship sites, the idol worshiping gatherings, because that's what our people do. The families come, they bring their reindeers to sacrifice. So it was about 40 households that would travel to such sacred gatherings. They would bring 40 families, would bring 40 reindeer to be slaughtering them as the sacrifice to different idols and gods. But then I didn't believe it. I was doubting. So after that, sacrificial practices and slaughtering, people would travel back to their homes. They would divorce. They would argue. The babies, the children would still die because of cold temperatures. So I thought, well, God is not with them. It's not the same God I was looking for. So I was driving my motorcycle. I was breaking both of my collarbones. I injured both of my knees. So life wasn't easy. So I was drunk, and then uh, when I was injuring myself with the axe, my tendons were injured the next time. So every year I was admitted to the hospital with different injuries, and these were life-threatening injuries. I suffered from the asthma. I had to use inhalers and lots of drugs and medicines. It's like a whole pharmacy, uh, the whole supply I had to carry with me all the time. I was allergic to flowers and uh, I couldn't eat uh, food like regular food because I had terrible heartburn so I was addicted when I had some money I spent them I wasted them so I was a regular hunter I was gathering I was uh, also selling fur but I didn't make much well I did make money but I spent them as fast as I made them so I was thinking where is God so shamanism didn't help me so people were grumbling and I didn't attend our sacred gathering so people were kind of suspicious towards my behavior but I still didn't listen to them but then once in the fall season I heard some rumors like in the city of Nizhny Vartovsk there is the worship service and I thought maybe I should attend the rumors reached me and I was thinking maybe I should go there and to attend that meeting the nephew my wife's uh, sister's son he had the heart defect since his birth he was falling sicker and sicker he couldn't walk so i thought maybe we should travel there we have to test everything in life maybe we find some good things so we were thinking maybe we'll find help if we go and attend that meeting there should be good things better things happening in life so we looked for zoe vasilievna and the pastor well zoe vasilievna she was our acquaintance we knew her but the pastor we've heard of him and we looked and we found those people and then when I stepped over the threshold entering the house of the pastor because we went to visit him I felt so weird like someone was pouring the cold ice-cold water upon me upon my body so I felt bad they served some tea and then Zoya Vasilievna she put on some 
audio records. At that time, we used cassettes, the tape, tape recording. So I couldn't watch that worship. I couldn't listen to that because I felt this ice cold water being poured on me like someone was pulled my shirt off my body. So I asked Zoya Vasilina, what is happening with me? To me, well, she told me, God is touching you. God is working on you. Then I got it. And no one had to understand, to explain it to me further that that's God. So I thought this is that special love I was looking for my whole life. And then in the evening, a pastor came and he asked me, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior? I said, yes, I want that. So I got saved. I repented in my sins. So the wings didn't grow out of my back. No, but I repented. I received Jesus into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. Next day, we went to attend the conference. I think Pastor Vasily just turned 40, maybe 45. So that was his birthday and there was a conference going on and everything was so great. I could see brothers, sisters, they greeted me at the door. They gave me a hug like they knew me since many years ago. Then I felt at home. So I remember that day. And then pastor from Yerevan, Artur Simonian, he was preaching at that meeting. And then I was sitting there. I was listening to his sermon. I was sweaty. I was feeling cold and hot. Uh, so I was sitting there and I felt like somebody that was my feeling, was pulling my shirt off my body. Really weird feelings. And in the end of that uh, message, the pastor, the pastor from Yerevan, Pastor Artur, Artur Simanian, the preacher, he was telling us, if you want to come forward, if you have been um, tormented by the spirit of death, if you ever had these suicidal thoughts, to commit a suicide and to end your life, come forward. And then another sister, Nina, she told me, Slava, go, go there. And then it wasn't just myself. Many other people, they came to the front, to the altar. I did so. I stepped forward and I stood there at the side of the stage. And then pastor was praying for the people. They started to scream, to yell, to wiggle, to fall on the floor. And then approaching me, and I was just praying. I said, Lord, if you are there, if you are real, set me free from everything that is binding me. So when he touched me, my feet couldn't hold me anymore. I just dropped on the floor and they couldn't hold me. I was shaking. I was crying. This was for the first time in my life. My tears were just flowing, coming out of my eyes. I was shaking like I was cold. I was crying, I was weeping, never before I was experiencing that. I never cried, even when I had real fights with the other man. So even in those situations, very hard circumstances, I never cried or wept, but here something happened and I was weeping like a baby. I wanted to stand up, I couldn't. I looked around myself from where did I come from, what was the right side? to go back to when I stood up eventually I was a different person and that was how I left that place after three days we left but on the second day pastor Vasily he was walking down the stairs from the cafeteria he saw me he asked Slava how are you doing 
I told him, where was I before? Like a veil was broken or taken off my eyes. Since that very day, I committed my life to serve God, telling other people. Well, I didn't read my Bible yet, but I was telling people why Jesus came, why was he crucified, who was he? So I was just sharing about Jesus to everybody, though I didn't read my Bible yet. When I started to read my Bible, this was the text just telling me everything I was already sharing uh, with the people. Well, such a great testimony. I'm so thankful that the Lord has touched your life. You were able to turn to Him and to be saved. Stanislav, next question. As for the Bible, now your church is involved in the Bible translation. So that's the translation to Hunter language. But then there is a Russian Bible available. You can read your Bible in Russian, but then you can read or listen to your Bible in Hunter language for you personal. What do you prefer? Which Bible do you prefer? What does it mean to you to read the Bible in Russian or in Hunter language? What can you say about that? Well, with the Bible in Hunter language, you mean the translated, the translated piece, the audio Bible, the audio translation that that part that had been completed so far well with the Russian Bible it's a good thing to read for the ones that are uh, able to read it so they can feed themselves with the Word of God when they read it in Russian and sometimes the parts they don't understand we help them with interpretation we explain and God is revealing things to them but this oral translation the audio version it's a great tool, especially for the people who are illiterate. They can't read, so they use the flash drive, they turn it on, there are no extra buttons to press, so people are not that uh, educated or trained in terms of the technical equipment. So they just press the play button and they can listen to the sermon or to the worship song or to the translation. Not so many resources are yet available, but those that have the tools and some gadgets, they use it, they listen to the messages, they listen once again and then over and over and they memorize it. What's the response from the hunting people to that? They tell us that that gives, that gives them a greater understanding in a more depth in their native tongue compared to the Russian language. They can speak and understand Russian, but not everything comes to their heart in terms of the meaning of the scripture, but their native tongue, it's different. So in the village of Yubileni, now it's been renamed, it's Tramagana. So, uh, one woman, she's illiterate, she can't write, she can't read, so when we were giving out these tapes, the records, uh, with the messages about the life of Jesus Christ, that was done in Russian language, and then her husband, at that point, he wasn't a Christian yet, so, what happened, uh, well, she was sick, uh, she had a liver disease and she suffered a lot. So once her husband left for fishing or some other things to do, she just took that cassette, she played it on her cassette recorder and she put that recorder on the top of her liver and then she turned it on and she listened the stories about the life of Jesus Christ. So listening to the word of God and suffering from pain, she felt like this pain was leaving her body and she was completely 
completely healed. Just listening to that tape in Russian language with the message about the life of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? And then I was thinking, what would happen if that message could be in Hanty language? She would be healed after half a minute. Well, you mentioned that to travel, you visit different herder camps, you give your testimony and the message about the life of Jesus Christ, you preach. So you speak in Hanty, do you use Bible in Hanty language or you use Russian Bible? Well, when we visit the herders' camps, we use the Hanty language translation. Yes, when we read the Bible, we use the printed Russian Bibles, but then I do my own interpretation into Hanty language. Of course, the herder camps, they speak Hanty language. That's the most of the time, that's what we use. And some people maybe who don't speak Hanty language that fluently, we can speak Russian with them. So how does it work for you? Is it a successful project? with the Bible translation, any challenges, difficulties? Yes, we come across challenges. Life is full of difficulties, but then we overcome them. We do our best to uh, go through that, to get stronger through that. Some attacks are coming, of course. When we work on speaking and preaching the Word of God, some spiritual attacks come. Sometimes the equipment gets broken. It's an attack. Sometimes you feel physically attacked in your body. Sometimes people are aggressive. Sometimes they uh, have some negative emotions and they express. Sometimes they spread negative rumors against us, speaking against us, but still praying, uh, praying to God. It's, it's, it's helpful. God is coming to our help. A lot of testimonies and stories about that. When we travel around, we have very special time. When we talk to the older people, once, I just want to share about that story. We were called and invited to come to Olantorg to the neighbor, neighboring city. So me and my nephew, we went there. We took a bus. And while we were riding in the bus, uh, one of the ladies was told a lie about us that we sacrifice babies and children to our God. So she turned off her telephone because she was so scared. We didn't know whom to contact because we tried to call her. Her phone was off. So we arrived to the bus station. We left the bus. We started to walk. And there is a national village at, at that area, Hanty National Village at the, on the riverbank. So we approached that village area, we started to pray. We just spread our arms and we lifted our arms to God. Lord, come here. Those who walk on our footsteps, let them bring this good news and let people be saved. We just prayed for them. In the evening when we left that area, internally I felt disappointed because we didn't visit anyone. We spent lots of resources. We took our time, we spent our energy and money for that trip. But next year, when we were once again invited to that village, we traveled once again. All the doors have been opened to us. Some people, they were unhappy because we had no time to visit them. So uh, they told us, come in time we will host you you can 
stay overnight and they helped us a lot. Thank you so much, Stanislav. We are giving thanks and glory to the Lord. Thank you for this testimony. May the Lord bless you, your ministry, the way you travel, the way you carry out your mission. May the Lord uh, help you to see even more fruit. You plant the seeds and people come to the faith in Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you for traveling here to visit us. Thank you for supporting us, helping us with the word. So that makes us even stronger. Thank you so much.